Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, it's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. God is so good. All the time and all the time, God is good. Can I get an amen out there, huh? Hallelujah. All right, let's just jump right into it. Today, we are here to, to look into the word of God and apply it to our everyday life. And, you know, I run into so many Christians when I'm talking with them and, and because I talk a lot about, you know, walking in our purpose and, and, and being who God created us to be. And I run into Christians when I'm talking to them all the time and they get all stressed out. I just, I don't know what my calling is. I, I, just, I just don't know when they're stressed out. I'm praying about it and, and I just can't, I just don't know what's my calling the simplest answer I get them is set your eyes on the Lord and live for the Lord. And you cannot help but run smack into the purposes and the plans that God has for you. This isn't some elusive thing that you have to worry about and, and be anxious about. You were created with purpose doesn't matter if you know what that purpose is or not if you know what that purpose is you're not going to change it you're not going to talk God out of it he's not going to give you the free pass oh well don't worry about it you don't need to fulfill that purpose no you were designed and created with purpose with intent and so many people get so worked up about what that purpose is why? Why do you get worked up about it? Listen, if you set your eyes, if you set your heart, your life on the Lord, you just walk out your life as a believer in the Lord, living for the Lord, that path will take you straight to your purpose it won't take you the roundabout way it won't get you lost in the wilderness somewhere it will take you straight to your purpose you will fulfill your purpose because it's the purpose that God created you for let's look at the some things that the, that the apostles have written for us primarily Paul in fact, today we're going to look at all the ones, we're just going to look at ones that Paul wrote, but the scripture is filled with these on what it means to, to live for the Lord. And let's just start with Philippians 4 um, in, in verses 4 through uh, uh, 9. And the author writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. You hear that? Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, 
think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, says the author, or seen in me, says the author, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So first you have to, we have to look at what is the measuring stick? What, what defines right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy? It's not the wisdom of men. It's God himself who defines what is right, what is pure. God defines what is lovely, and he defines what is admirable. So it's, it's qualities that God says is right and pure and lovely. And not, we can look at something and we can say, boy, that's just, that is the right thing, the pure thing, the, the lovely thing to do in life. But when we look at it through the eyes of the wisdom of men, we often miss the mark of what the author is writing to us as believers because this letter is being written to believers. In another place, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 through 12, the author writes, Now about your love for one another. We do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. So our love for fellow believers needs to be increasing in our lives. When our love for, for the fellow believers is increasing, then we know that that's a sign that we are on the right path for just living for God. Now, love unexpressed really isn't love, is it? Because love is an activity. It's not a thought. It's not an ooey-gooey feeling in your heart. Love is an activity. So then the author continues to write, Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Remember, the Word of God teaches us to not be a slave to the lender. So, being a good steward of our resources and our finances is one way that we win the respect of outsiders. And in effect, what the author is writing is the way you live and conduct yourself, the way you view the world is a testimony to outsiders of the goodness of God. Now in Colossians chapter 3, the author writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's you and me, anybody who has given their life to Christ, submitted their life to Christ, is grafted into the family of God's chosen people. We are adopted into the family of God's chosen people. And so he writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And he also writes, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now this, the author's writing for us to forgive one another among the church, but he's, he's also seems to be expressing that it's not just believers that we need to forgive and to, to love, but all people. And in fact, when we read through scripture, we see that we are to love all people, not just Christians. Um, you're not excluded from love because of uh, you're, you, you have different beliefs because you're engaged in witchcraft or Islam or, or Buddhism or you claim to be an atheist or an agnostic or any of the other things. You're not excluded from a, a believer pouring out godly love. Remember, this isn't, we're not talking, our measuring stick is not through the wisdom of the world or people. It is defined by God. We have submitted ourselves as believers. We have submitted ourselves to the authority of Christ. Therefore, Christ defines what is right, what is pure, what is holy. He defines what love is. So in verse 15, he writes, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When we speak or do something, he's saying that it needs to honor God. And how do we honor God? We honor God by doing it his way. He defines how we do things, how we speak. This altogether is part of the transformational journey that we're on for our hearts to be transformed. Because remember, out of our mouths flows the truth of our hearts. Our heart is seen by the words we speak and the actions we perform. So when we speak good godly words, but our behavior is not godly, we're telling the world that we are nothing but a hypocrite, that we speak out of the side of our head, that we're liars. When we speak harsh and brutal words, but we have kind and gentle activities, we're saying that I'm doing these things because I, I want to earn credit with God and you, but really in my heart it's filled with hate and anger. So the author is telling us we have to have our, our words and our actions have to line up and they have to give testimony to the greatness of God. 
If we can't love our brothers and sisters whom we can see, how can we love a God who we cannot see? Think about it and be blessed. Hallelujah.